Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. We are still in the month of March. Can you believe it? Oh, good gracious. Today is St. Patrick's Day for all the people who are going to go out into this world and get your drink on. Please always drink responsibly. You already know how I feel about that. Um, I'm not, a, you know, I'm always a fan of a good drink. I'm not, you know, everybody knows I love a good cocktail and things, but you know, Police are going to be out because there's going to be all kind of bar crawls and carrying on. Just make sure you do what you need to do and drink responsibly because God forbid you catch a DUI over a a one day affair or a weekend affair. Uh, This is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy. Welcome. This is a safe space. We try to keep it as safe as possible. We will talk about things like mental health, self-care, and everything in between. Some things that are happening on these internet streets and you know, whatever comes up. In this particular episode, we're going to talk about just our life choices and things that we have in our, you know, past and how we can move forward. We do have a guest, but I'll get to that in a minute. But I wanted to talk about this daylight savings. Has anybody else been struggling with daylight savings this time? I don't know what it is. You know, I'm a parent. I have three children. So when you're a parent, daylight savings really ain't, you know, it's not really a thing. You don't, it's actually worse. It actually, it's actually worse. My kids are a lot older, a 13, 11, and a nine. So they're a little older. They can kind of fend for themselves. So it's kind of okay. My husband and I, then when I guess when daylight savings was coming in, we kind of came in late night. We had went out and had a little date night. So I really didn't feel like anything, you know, it didn't feel like a change. So I went about my way, but by Monday, my body was like, wait a minute, <laughs> something's not right. However, I think I'm starting to get to the end of the regulation period. And it what, took five days, almost a week. Good gracious. So if you are struggling with daylight savings time, meaning your body has not adjusted, your mind is trying to figure out how to adjust. You're just struggling, trying to figure out how to adjust altogether. You are not alone. Trust me. So what I've been doing is trying to eliminate coffee, not eliminated, but trying to have less coffee, I should say. So I haven't done coffee. I didn't do over the weekend. I had a couple cups this week. And by a couple, I mean one cup per day. I'm not the girly that's going to have two cups in a day. Um, the way my life is set up, that is going to have me bouncing off of a wall. And I'm not about that life anymore. So I try to be as calm as I possibly can. And I hope that you are trying to find some ways to eliminate some things into you, out of your life that you really don't need. I mean, we tell ourselves that we need it. We don't really need coffee. We tell ourselves we need it. I just enjoy a good coffee. So I'm just honest with myself. I don't need it. I like it and I want it. So Daylight Savings has been doing its thing. Like I said, today is St. Patrick's Day to all that will celebrate. Listen, now my, actually I have Irish in my family and it's not because I have like a quarter. Like I have a great, great grandmother who was Irish and um, that's where my maiden name comes from. A lot of people don't know that. And so that's not my excuse to go out and drink. Listen, I really don't need an excuse. (laughs) I really don't. If I want to have a drink, I'm going to have it. And um But again, people have so many mixed uh, reviews about today. Some people are going to say, you know, 
you know, especially for black people, you know, we're going to sit out here and celebrate this holiday. And it's like this racism is just, listen, do whatever you're going to do for me personally. Like I said, I don't need a holiday to drink. Absolutely don't. Um, if I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to have it. I'm going to enjoy it. I do, you know, acknowledge that I have Irish in my family. My mother has been very clear to make sure that I knew that she wanted me to know about my family's history. So therefore I'm not going to just be like, oh, well, I'm not Irish today just because I don't want to look and appear like I'm uplifting something that's deeper than it needs to be. So for me, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably going to just sit at home and I have some things I need to do. So I probably will do that. And if I have a drink, I'll have a drink. And if I turn it green, I'm going to turn it green. And if I don't, I'm going to drink it straight and we're going to be all right. Uh, now for some who don't know, I'm also a blogger here in the Philadelphia area and a content creator. And oftentimes I'm invited to a lot of events and I have been very selective about the events that I am attending. Now, I used to say yes, 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 yes to all the things, but I'm trying to cut back, not for anything, just for my own mental health, for just reasons that just make sense to me. And so I've been enjoying that. I was talking to a couple other creators this week and I was just like, you know what? Staying at home is really top tier for me. Like I enjoyed the quietness. I enjoyed not having to get dressed up. I enjoyed staying in my little fluffy socks. Obviously I wore different socks for each day, but nonetheless, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed staying warm and not having to go out into that cold. I don't know when spring is going to show up because spring is on Monday. I have no idea when spring is going to show up. Let me be honest. I'm like, is spring, are you out there? Cause it's cold up here. Like it's cold to me and I am not a fan of the cold. Anybody who knows me knows that summer is my favorite season. And then fall, I like that as well because it's not too hot, not too cold, but I enjoy a good heat on my skin. I like heat. Um, I'm not sure why I have not moved to a warm place like a Phoenix or Arizona or a Texas or a Florida or something. I'm not sure yet, but I promise you if ever given the opportunity, I'm going to be out. Because I just, I don't, I'm not a fan of the cold. So spring is on its way. And so many people do a lot of changes. I know I personally do. I've been doing my spring cleaning. I started a couple of weeks ago cleaning like windshield, um, not windshield wipers. Good gracious. I probably need to replace them on my car. But I've been doing like the window seals and cleaning the blinds and kind of dusting things that looks like it ain't been dusted in a month of Sundays. And I was like, am I really keeping, not keeping this house clean? I feel like spring cleaning always makes you feel like you have done nothing. Like all the stuff that I do every week and this deep clean that I've been doing every week. And then you do spring cleaning, which is a whole nother level of cleaning. Like I've been wiping walls down, um, changing out scents in the house. Like I've been trying to get stuff situated and I'm like, what have I been doing this whole time? I'm thinking I'm doing something and you go to spring clean and find out you ain't did nothing. So just, you know, get your spring cleaning on, add some color. I'm going to change out some of the pillows on the couches and maybe change out some of the artwork on the walls. Just add a little color. And, um, for so for anybody who's ever dealt with seasonal depression, I'm going to say this because spring is coming on Monday. And again, the mindset will begin to shift because that's just how we work. If you've done with dealt with seasonal depression, you know how important spring is all winter long for those who are like myself, who has dealt with seasonal depression, know that you are entangled with this deep, like darkness and that comes on you when the winter time comes. 
I can't explain it. I know that it's real. There's many stories, uh, studies that you can look online and you can research. It's a real thing. It's not made up. It's not something just putting a name on it. It is a real life thing. Now, how I've been noticing my season of depression that I have been keeping journals for years. And I've noticed that during certain seasons and during certain times of my life, then I can see where I'm triggered. And for me, the winter is a trigger for me. And as much as I'm out and about, I would, I used to think that that wouldn't be a thing, but apparently it's a thing. So for those who suffer with me, I get it. You are seen, you are heard, you are understood. Spring is coming. And that means a renewing, awakening, you know, you get to shake some of this 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 cloudiness off of you and you get to open up and you get to go outside a little bit more please take advantage get outside get in some get some vitamin c in your life get some sun on your skin um get out and move a little bit run do whatever you have to do but get out and enjoy your time because i'm telling you the more that you're active the more that you're outside the more that you're allowing the sun to touch you you will soon come out of that slump. Now, that doesn't mean that if just because you dealt with seasonal depression, that other depressive moments will not come because that's a lie. We know it's coming. It will come. It's going to show up and show out when it feels like it. Take Just take heart. You will be just fine. We will get through this. I promise you. Listen, I am the first one to be like, I can't stand this season. I don't like how this feels. It's very debilitating sometimes. And there's days when, like, again, I struggled very hard this particular time where I was like times I couldn't get out of bed or I would just get out of bed just enough to do the bare bone basics. But I was struggling in real life. And I'm so grateful for my village who checked on me. I'm grateful for my husband who's been supportive. I'm grateful for my therapist. Listen, I'm not saying that everybody should go to therapy, but I'm saying everybody should go to therapy. I think everybody should go at least once. Even if you think your life is great and there's nothing wrong with you, I just say go to a therapist. My therapist has been one of the greatest tools that I've had to use during this time of making sure that I'm okay. And when I found that I wasn't, like I literally was like, look, you are not okay. <laughs> you're telling yourself you're okay and you're not. You, you're appearing okay. Everybody sees you're smiling and you're like kind of not there. You're not in touch with yourself. You're not in touch with the world. You need to talk to someone. And so I started going back to therapy. It has been mind blowing to me, the things that have been coming up during therapy session. And I won't get into all that because that's my business. And, you know, I'm going to just do what I do. But therapy is not one of those things where you go and you're like happy jolly. Like you go to therapy and sometimes you're like plum mad or you're tired or you're exhausted. What I've been finding that after these therapy sessions, like I'm crying in therapy, getting it all out. And I feel like it's a release. And then I had a conversation with my husband about something that came up. And I bust out crying. Now, mind you, I was driving. So I had to do the keep my big eyes open, let the tears come out. I'm ugly crying in the car. I'm sure the cars that were next to me were probably like, what's going on with this girl? And I hope that if you ever see somebody crying in their car, this first thing I do, I don't try to see, like read their lips or nothing like that. I pray for people when I see people crying in a car because I know what that's like when you get in that car by yourself and you have the weight of the world on you. And you listen to a music or a podcast or something that triggers you and allows you to get that emotional release. Listen, if you see me in a car crying, please don't try to figure out what's going on. I promise you, I probably will tell you. I blog about everything that happens in my life at this point. You can find that on toytime.com. I mean, dot org. Good Lord. However, when you see me or you see somebody crying, lift them up in a word of prayer, whatever your level of prayer or thinking about them or sending them good vibes, whatever you would like to call it. 
Go ahead and do that. I do that for everybody that I see crying in a car because I know what that's like. And if you're listening to my voice, you know what that's like. We've all lived a while to know that when you're in a car where you're with by yourself and you really start thinking about some things that may be going on, or you may have something that's happening in your life that just is a burden. It's like weighing you down and you don't have an answer and you wish you could have an answer and that answer is not coming. And you're doing all the things that you know to do. And it just seems like that break will not happen. Trust. We've all had that cry in the car moment. And if like my mother and my grandmother would say, if you just live a while, if you just live a while, you'll get there. But sometimes that is a great release. I was ugly crying with my husband in the car talking about something that had come up in therapy. He was supportive through it. And I was kind of apprehensive. Now, anybody who has listened to this podcast in like season one or two, I had my husband on and you can go back. I think it's called Store Love. And we talk about the fact that when I was going through mental health the first time when we recognized it, when it was like postpartum, he didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. So he was not supportive. It's, it is what it is. There's no way to sugarcoat that. You know, it's not, I can't make excuses like, well, you know, he's so good now. Yes, he is. But that that time he was not the husband that he needed to be. He was not a partner. He was not supportive in the things that I needed. And I also felt myself because I too could not articulate what I needed from him. So we just, you know, we grace ourselves through those moments and we're over on the other side. So to anybody that's struggling, trust me, I understand. With that being said, we do have a guest for today's episode. I hope that you're tuning in because we do love when we have people that are bringing their um, information in and they're talking about things that they've been through. We have Chris Agafi. He is a heart intelligent coach and bestselling author, co-creator of The Heart Cube and the heart intelligent lifestyle. Chris guides others in finding the inner knowledge of no, of their heart, connecting to their innate heart intelligence and designing an aligned and fulfilling life. Unable to be authentic and not really knowing himself in the past, Chris didn't realize his lack of trust in his own inner voice muted his intuition. He felt unclear, uncertain, confused, and lost. And I know we've all felt that before. After about 10 years of his inner journey, Chris was brought face to face with the importance of self-honesty and awareness of the shadows of his unconscious. He became intentional and dedicated his life to personal and spiritual development. Chris learned to trust his intuition again and to distinguish between his heart's true desires and the ego's attachments. Recognizing every interactions offers the potential to turn triggers into gifts. He has crafted a process that he eagers to share with others struggling to know themselves. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what is HeartQ? What is HeartQ? How was it developed? What in the world led Chris and I believe his wife to make this, this HeartQ that is allowing other people to release some things in their life? It's one thing to go through life and just feel like you don't have an answer, but I'm telling you when you go through some self-reflection and you do some inner work. It brings out the best and sometimes the worst so that you can bring that to the surface and work right through it. So we have Chris on the episode today. We're going to talk about what HeartQ is, how he came to his journey, some of the things that he learned. Listen, trusting your intuition, trusting your intuition and knowing that you should be able to trust yourself. I know people tell you all the time that you can't trust yourself. You should be able to trust yourself and you got to work through that so that you can get through the process of doing that so that you can get to that point. So Chris is here. We're going to talk about it. Tune in. And Chris, thank you for being a part of Conversations with Toy. All right. Conversations with Toy family. We have another treat. We have Chris. He is here. You've heard his bio. This is such an amazing situation to have a conversation about what he does. And we're going to talk about HeartQ. 
we're all going to learn about what HeartQ is. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Joy, thank you so much for having me. So get into what is HeartQ? Mm. Um, well, we've all heard about, you know, IQ, like cognitive intelligence, right? We've, most of us by now have heard about, uh, you know, EQ, emotional intelligence, but heart cue, heart intelligence is something that's, you know, emerging now as, as a, as a more of a mainstream field. Okay. So heart cue is basically heart intelligence. And what, what we are doing with, when I say we, I mean my wife and I, because we have co-created this, uh, this brand and this uh, process, uh, and, uh, and the lifestyle basically, um, you know, is, is we are, um, teaching people how to actually connect with their heart and live a heart centered life and live the, you know, what we call the heart cue lifestyle. How did this come come about? Like, is there some type of journey that you were on that brought you here? Because I know you it's with you and your wife, but how did you get to this point? Yeah. Okay. So um, basically, you know, HeartQ is a, a, a convergence, if you want, of my journey and and my wife's journey. Okay. Right? So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine the two. Uh, you know, leaning a little bit more on my own, but uh, basically, basically. Um, you know, my wife and I have been together for 20 years now. And um, about 10 years ago, um, you know, she got a, a, uh, an injury. She is a, she was an, uh, you know, she's a cardiologist first and foremost, uh, but she was also an athlete, right? An avid runner and so, so on and so forth. And so um, one day she just went out for her regular run and um, came back limping. Uh, something had happened on the run, this, you know, excruciating back pain, uh, and that radiated down the leg and then throughout her body. And for one year, uh, we went from expert to expert trying to find a solution for her and no one, uh, could define it. Everyone said, no, you're fine. Everything is fine. Yet she wasn't. So after about a year, uh, you know, her on her own kind of like just said, okay, I, not that I give up, but more like, okay, I'm done with this Western medicine, even though she was a, you know, a cardiologist, like, so a person of science, someone from this Western medicine field, right? But she said, okay, I'm done. There's got to be something more here. Right. So um, through a series of synchronicities, she came across this book by Louise Hay, How, um, How, uh, How to Heal Your Life. And, um, and, you know, that led her into this, you know, inner journey into herself and started discovering, you know, how, you know, all these um, ways of, of that she is, you know, creating dis-ease in herself, right? And and all these patterns and all, all these things. So anyway, um, fast forward, not too long, I, not, I started noticing uh, some changes in her. So I, I asked her, like, hey, what are you doing? You know, what's, what's going on? I mean, I, of course, I knew what book she was reading, but I just almost couldn't believe the changes that she was experiencing just from reading a few books. And so, um, you know, she kind of led me into her world and what has been happening for her at a very deep level. And that got me interested in, in reading similar books and this, the same books and kind of going on that journey uh, with her. Now, my, uh, so that's kind of like, a, if you want, um, an incipient point where our journey started, and that was about 10 years ago. So we've okay. been on this for about 10 years. Now, my own, you know, what was happening to me before that is that, um, 
you know, I, I grew up, so I'm originally from Romania. I'm, you know, but I came to the States about, uh, well, actually about just over 20 years ago. And, uh, before that, um, I grew up uh, in a, in a, um, in a, in a diplomatic environment. So my dad was a diplomat. He was an ambassador in Romania. And, um, I got the, to travel with him wherever he went, wherever he was stationed. And so, you know, from the outside, that was a great life. And it really was. It really was a great life, you know, to go out and, you know, experience different countries, different cultures, different people, different ways of life, right? It, it was an amazing, amazing experience. However, it, it kind of had its dark side, if you want, uh, in the sense that um, there was a lot of um, protocols that I had to follow, a lot of strict ways of being, you know, and, and I remember my dad saying to me, uh, very early on saying to me, you know, the way that you, I behave will reflect on the entire country. Hmm. So imagine, you know, having received this information, it was very hard for me as a three-year-old, because I was three at that time wow. to comprehend and, and not just comprehend, but also, um, apply it. You know, I was a child, a free spirit child, and I wanted to just be myself. But mm -hmm. that was not possible. So um, that was basically my conditioning for many, many years. Um, and, uh, you know, my way of dealing with that was to kind of leave myself. Okay. And uh, what, what, this is how we describe it now. I, I, was, I would leave myself and go into my mind, go into my brain and start strategizing. You know, how does this person want me to behave? So that I can show up to him in the best possible way so that I can reflect positively on my country, right? And my family and, you know, mm -hmm. so I've learned to, to show up, to put on masks, basically, to put on masks, dim my own light, you know, silence my own voice, uh, my authenticity and show up to the world in a way that I would be accepted. So this, of course, was, is not like the best way to live life. And it did impact me negatively later right. on as well, because um, this was the way that, you know, I was always concerned. Oh, my God, what do people think? What do people say about me? How would I how do I appear to them? Right. This was always my concern and uh, not really um, knowing myself for many, many years. The way that it translated later on in my adult life. Um, is that I, I, not knowing who I was, I didn't know what I, what my passion was. I didn't know what I wanted. So mm -hmm. for a long time, I jumped from job to job, career to career, just trying to find my place in the world. Well, actually, I was trying to find myself in the world, right? Right. So, uh, that was the, my, my, um, if you want know, my background coming into this, uh, journey of, personal and you know self-discovery I was but I would even say more like um coming back into myself and personal expansion right becoming more of me as opposed to becoming a better version of me you know becoming more of me how do you so walk me through because that's amazing I know I myself struggle with the persona the mask of showing up like other people want me to show up and people pleasing. Yeah. How do you take a person who's going to go through the heart cue? Mm -hmm. How does that situ how does that start? What does that look like for someone who is like thinking, this sounds like something I may need. I know I need a transformation, but how how do I go about this? What was what would what, what would happen? 
right? The journey inside HeartQ. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, HeartQ is actually, uh, it's simply four steps. You know, we take people through a four-step process. Um, and the first step is simple awareness. You know, we all need that awareness because if you don't know what you need to work on, then nothing that you do is going to move you forward, right? And and I love this quote, and this is something that we use in our program. It just, you know, drives our philosophy. Uh, this The quote from Carl Jung, you know, until you make the, the, the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Hmm. I have so many people in my in my life, um, my family, my family of origin, that used to believe that whatever was happening to them and wherever they are in their life and you know their life experience at that point uh, was their fate. They really believed that, but they were running. They were being run by their subconscious beliefs, their thoughts, their patterns, all of these things that they were not aware of those. So of course they couldn't change anything because they were not aware. So we go through this deep process of, of awareness, right? And, and we, we open people up to this, to the understanding that in, in the conditioning that we have received, uh, from our, you know, uh, family, from a family of origin, so our Kate, our caretakers, from our teachers um, and from society as, as, as a, you know, as a body. Um, and, and honestly, not just that, but also from generational, generational conditioning. Um, there are two basic questions that drive all our behavior. Two basic questions. Um, there is a hierarchy between them, meaning there is a, the most important one. And the second one is very close related to the first one. So, uh, but they're, they're, they're the drivers of our, okay. all our behavior. The first question is, am I safe? Mm. This is it. Am I safe? Um, am I going to be okay? Whatever I do, whatever happens in my life, am I ultimately going to be okay? And this is so deeply ingrained because again, um, well, okay, I, I give this example and it's kind of funny, but I, I, I use it all the time. So imagine that our ancestors, they would be, you know, walking down the path and they would see a, you know, rustling bush. For them, asking this question, it was, it was, um, beneficial to, to assume that there is some kind of a danger that would potentially harm them. And then as, as a result of that, walk around or go somewhere else. In, as opposed to assuming, oh, it's just probably just, you know, quit uh, a cute squirrel or something and then get eaten. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so by that, by, by that definition, we are literally the descendants of the people who assumed the worst of the people who survived because the other ones that didn't assume the worst and didn't care for their, you know, didn't ask this question of, am I safe? Am I going to be okay? Well, they got eaten. So we are those descendants. So we, uh, you know, this is very, very deeply ingrained in our, in our psyche. Second question that drives us, which is very closely related to the first one is, do I belong? Right? Because again, think back to, you know, millennia. If you were by yourself in the wilderness, you are not safe. However, if you belong to a group, to a social group, to a community, well, th that there was an inherent protection that you received from that. So you always wanted to belong. So um, 
this is why you know, no, this is actually translated even in today's world. And by the way, what what makes us um, belong, what what drives us to 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 st- to belong and to stay in a community is um, well, it's a judgment. It's a mm. judgment that we create, right? We all judge, right? But the judgment is um, uh, the good or bad or the right or wrong. Okay, so we always ask ourselves, am I right or am I wrong? Is this right? Is this good or is this bad? Because here's the thing. If you are in a community and you are that you belong to, right? So let's say you are already in it and you belong to that community. If you are right many times, repeatedly, then you get elevated in status. Mm-hmm. You become maybe even the leader of that community. However, if you're wrong many times, well, eventually you get excluded and that impacts your safety. So if we fast forward to today's world, because that still shows up in today's world, think about a, um, you know, a company, a corporate, the corporate world. You belong to this community of people, right? To this company and they give you a, you know, a paycheck. You feel safe, you know, and if you are, you make, if you're right many times, you make good decisions which impacts the the community, the the company positively, well, you're going to be praised and you're going to be elevated. You're going to advance on the career ladder, right? Um, However, if you're wrong many times, well, eventually get fired and that Mm -hmm. impacts your your safety, your overall safety, right? So, um, you know, again, belonging, wanting to be right and belonging is, and, and also, you know, being safe, are the these two unconscious driving questions that drive all our behavior. Right. You know, even me, even me when I was, you know, trying to think, um, wondering, how do I show up to someone in a way that they accept me? Well, that was me asking myself, do I belong? I want to belong. How can I show myself up in show myself in a way that is so attractive and so accepting that I do belong? Right. Okay, so that's part of the I, I took a little detour, but uh, no, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, this yeah, it's that's the awareness part, right? Of course, we go a lot more into deeper, into right. deeper. The second part is um, the expression part, right? So now that we are basically aware in, in the awareness piece, we are also learning who 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 we have been conditioned conditioned to be, but who who we are not, right? So in the second part is the, the, the connection to the heart and the feeling and the expression. So in this component, is, which I'm combining to the expression and then the, the heart connection, mm-hmm. is, is we, we're, we're taking people through a journey of actually discovering, okay, great, we know who you're not, who you've been conditioned to be, but who are you really? Let's drop into our heart and let's really feel who you are. Not who you are in your mind, but who do you feel that you are, right? And whatever is not yours, express it and release it. Just let it go. It's not, it. look, it, you know, I always say, if whatever you did uh, worked, it would have worked by now. So let it go if it doesn't work. And then we take people through a process of, uh, step three, we take people through a process of uh, teaching them how to really connect with their heart how to really tap into their heart intelligence because their heart intelligence is an innate power. It really is. 
And, and the reason we don't connect as, as easily to it is simply because of all the layers of that, of conditioning that we have placed on top. So now that we are removing, it's much easier to connect to our heart. Great. Now that we know who, who we're not and we've released all of that, we know we now we're learning who we are by connecting to our heart. The third step is the, the fourth step is putting it all into action, like bring it, it, bringing it into the world. And taking that heart-aligned action, as we call it, to create, create the thing that you envision. What is that thing that you envision that, that you want to bring into the world? So now let's take the action. A lot of times I've, I've, um, I see people going through the first step, mm-hmm. learning about themselves, you know, being in this, um, awareness, of course, and they, they, they get stuck there and they're in awareness hell. Right. Or they move on to the next step and say, okay, great. Now I feel myself more. I know who I am more at a feeling level, but then they stop there. Hmm. Well, life is not, life is meant to be lived. So -hmm. let's translate all of that into life. So we take people through a journey of, yeah, through a journey and a process of translating that into their life in a sustainable way. I love that. What has been one, you know, I know there's probably more than one, but has there been one, you talked about the setback of people staying in one, maybe going from step one to step two. What have been some of the things that, or at least one of the things that someone has said is their reason for stopping? Like it's one thing to go from one to two and then just stop, but what's the reasoning behind that? Right. Why they stop in the awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I've noticed uh, with the people that I've worked with is that a lot of times we say we want something <laughs> and uh, because we think that that thing that we want is going to bring, is going to, I don't know, bring us some kind of a joy or happiness mm-hmm. or it's going to make us better in some way. Right. Right. However, what people don't are not honest about in themselves is that they would rather stay in the wanting than to then actually get the thing that they want. So it is, there is a comfort in staying in the wanting because in a familiarity right. and th- there is because of the tethering to our conditioning, we have learned to be in a specific way and it's familiar. It's comfortable. We it's know safe. how it is. It's mm-hmm. safe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't feel good, at least we know what to expect. Right. So um, we prefer, pe- you know, prefer to be in that state of wanting as opposed to moving into the, the next stage. Like, okay, let's, let's feel ourselves. And here's the other thing with feeling. Feeling, uh, the, the second part of connecting to our heart and discovering who you truly are through the feeling. Um, it's, it sounds wonderful. It, it really does. But the truth is that, you know, it's, it's, it's real in the sense that it's good. I mean, it feels good, but it also doesn't because, you know, it, we must have an, um, a willingness to be wrong, to say, Oh my God, I've lived my life in this way. I had all these thoughts and beliefs and, and ways of being and the way that I showed up in all of these ways that I thought was me, but actually it isn't. And that is, is the willingness to say, Hmm, maybe I was wrong. And a lot of times I've noticed people are just not willing to, 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 to be wrong, you know, and th- that's what attaches them. That's what um, keeps them in, the, in uh, anchored in this awareness, only in the awareness piece. Great. I know, I know how I'm not, and I'm comfortable with that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable. I, I don't need to move any forward. I'm, I'm here. I'm good. Right. Um, I love the fact that it sounds to me as if heart cue is something that you're constantly doing. So once you've learned it and you're, you're constantly having to go through these different steps, because we all know how life works, <laughs> you know, things will happen. Things will be triggered. That'll bring you back to a state where you were, or for me, like dealing with things where I, I find myself going back to the old mindset of people pleasing or whatever the case, whatever your thing that you may be dealing with is. And so we know that it's ongoing. Um, What's an encouragement that you would give to someone who is just, you know, interested in doing this? Like you said, they have to be willing to one, do the work. They have to be willing to not stop and continue going. What's an encouragement you would want to give to someone? Right. So actually you said something that's very, very powerful and it's very true. The fact that this is an ongoing work. Um, in fact, we call this a lifestyle, the Harku lifestyle, right? It's not a... um I don't know, a, a, a diet, right? Where it, a diet <laughs> has a beginning and has an end. And then once you've ended, what happens in then a diet? Done. Well, you always go back to the way it used to be, right? Um, so in, in our in our heart lifestyle, the, what we teach is uh, heart resilience, okay? Now I differentiate that, I distinguish that from uh, resilience as we all know it, mm-hmm. right? We call it heart resilience. And the difference is very, it's this. Um, resilience as defined by the dictionary, if you want, or by people, is this amazing, powerful trait of human beings, where if I fall down, I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going because I need, you know, I want to get to my, to my goal or whatever that is, right? So I fall down, I get, you know, tripped down, I get hit down and then I get up and I keep going. Right? right, that is resilience, and it's an amazingly powerful trait, and it, it kept us as a humanity going forward. However, it also has this uh, I, what I call a bulldozer uh, ca- characteristic to it. Like, okay, no matter what, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna I'm gonna push through. Great. However, heart resilience is that when I fall down, I get up, but now I come back to myself. Because we have this way of leaving ourselves in order to, again, like I said before, to become that person that we want, that that we need to become in order to be accepted. Great. But let's come back to ourselves. We leak energy all the time. So when we come back to ourselves, we say, okay, let me see who I am. Let me come back to myself. And and from there, from my, my own heart connection with my heart intelligence, now I keep going forward. So uh, this is something that that we always use in our programs where we, we notice people, it's, it's hard for them. Of course, it's hard to go through this process. It's not easy. Um, but to remind them to always come back to themselves and, and not to become someone that they're, to try to become a better version of themselves, but to become a more honest version of themselves. You know? I love that. What is one thing that you do personally for self-care that you love to do, you indulge in, you just, it's one of your go-tos when it comes to self-care? Mm. Gosh, I have, uh, I have so many. I mean, <laughs> I have, um, I have different processes for different things. Um, you know, uh, for me, um, every, every morning, if you want, I, you know, my, my, my morning routine, right? I, 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 uh, I do my workout. I wake up at uh, four or five a.m. depending okay. on what I'm about to bed. But you know, I I do my workout. Then I do a uh, cold plunge. Um, I'm five minute cold plunge, and um, then I do my breath work. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, then I do my meditation. And in my meditation is is um, um, this way of me coming back to myself again, just like really connecting with my heart and with myself. And then from there, setting the, the, the intention. So, um, but on, on and on, on a day, on a, if you want, moment to moment basis, because again, it's not just, okay, I do this one thing in the morning and then that's mm-hmm. it for the day. Yes, that's yes. true. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, things happen. You know, I go to work or I have, let's say, a conflict with my with my partner or my kids, you know. All of these things can have the potential to trigger me, and they do, you know. And when they trigger me, I go into my uh, fight or flight, right? My prefrontal cr- cor- cortex gets deactivated. I don't think anymore. Now I'm going back into my uh, reactive mind, right? So... um in those situations, for example, um, I, I, I have my little process of, of coming back, which is I simply slow down. I slow everything down, uh, the breath, the breathing, you know, let's just say breathing, for example. Back in the day when we were faced with a, with a lion, or even today, let's say you're, you're in a safari and you're faced with a lion, you know, you get into your fight or flight. That's a good time to go into your fight or flight. Right, your breathing starts uh, being more shallow, more rapid, and you get more oxygen to your to your muscles because you need to jump into into a reactive state. Right. However, you're you're not faced with a lion in your daily life. You're faced with your wife or your husband or your kids. (laughs) That is not a real danger. That is just a perceived danger. But our bodies react the same way. So I am being very intentional about. Knowing all these things about my body, how my body automatically is designed to react, I intentionally bring my body back into a uh, cohesive state between, you know, coherent state between my heart and my my brain. So I do those steps to calm myself down, to calm my nervous system down, to, you know, breathe deeply, to come back and remind myself of whatever I'm telling myself right now in this situation, in this conflict with my, uh, with my spouse or whatever the, the kid is doing, you know, is a story that my brain is telling me. But it's not true. I'm not going to believe that right now because I right, know what's, right. you know. So I just do all these small practices to come back, come back into myself. How can uh, someone listening can find you, you know, to get more information? Mm-hmm. How can they find you? And remember, guys, you always know, I always leave all of this in the show notes. So that if you're working out or if you're listening to this while you're folding laundry, you'll be able to go in the show notes and click it. Yes. So we made it very simple. Uh, one place for everything, for our our story, our programs, our social media, just everything. Uh, and that is heartq.com. Our website has everything. Yes, heartq.com. Awesome. Remember, we will make sure that we put that in the show notes. Even though it is simple, we'll just make sure that it's there. I'm sure there's plenty of resources there um, for you as well. So make sure you click on that. Chris, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation and helping us to get with you know better within ourselves. Like you said, not being a better version, <laughs> but being an honest version of ourselves. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Toy. Thank you for the opportunity to share this message with your audience and uh, to hopefully inspire. Awesome. All right. So what did you think? 
I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking to Chris again, sharing a lot of things that you can learn. Remember in the show notes, we will have all the things so that you can learn about HeartQ, get in contact with Chris, maybe align with some of the things that he has. And you know, just to be a help to you. That's what it's always been about, at least for me. I can't speak for other podcasters, but when I podcast, I always want to find a way to help somebody else. I hope that what I spoke in the beginning, I just hope the whole episode was good for you. Listen, if it was good and you thought, man, I learned some things today or something touched me, you know what that's supposed to mean. You're supposed to share that, share the wealth. Don't hold that in. Don't gatekeep. Share this episode with one other person. If you share it with one other person, you have done somebody else a great deed. Um, this podcast isn't for me. It's not about glorifying myself. This podcast is about you. This is our community so that we can have a place to talk about things that people don't want to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about the ins and outs of therapy and heart work. Nobody wants to talk about the ins and outs of struggling and failing. Listen, I've been the biggest failure in my life so many different times that failure became so normal and natural, right? And it's because you get into this process and you don't feel realized like you have some junk you got to clear out. And so once I started clearing out my own personal junk, instead of looking at what other people had done, I had to go to therapy the second time outside of postpartum because I went there mad at other people. Can I be honest? I went to therapy because I was mad at other people. And when I got to therapy, I met myself. So the other people didn't matter. Like what happened, happened. What they said, it was said. But I actually ended up going therapy to basically try to get out to show that they were wrong. And I met me. So if you've ever gone to therapy because of somebody else, like, and I feel like that's all of us. Sometimes you go to therapy because you have childhood trauma and things that happened to you because somebody else did something. I promise you, you're going to meet yourself. It's not to to deflect the fact that the people may be wrong and the things that were done were probably horrible. I mean, if I'm honest, a lot of things that were done to me were horrible, right? But you will meet yourself. There's no way around it. That's what therapy is. It's a mirror and you have to do the work. And that's the hard part. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. And again, I encourage everyone who is on some type of journey, get there. I don't care what tool you use. I don't care what the speed lit that you go on to get there. I just want you to get there because I promise you when you open yourself up and do your work, even on days like when you're dealing with seasonal depression and you can't get out the bed, even on the days that it's hard, it won't be as your worst right? And don't tell yourself, don't let your mind tell you that you're not worthy because you have a feeling like you're having a setback. Healing is not straightforward, it's linear. So you will go up and down the scale, but as long as you continue to move towards some sort of healing and towards being better, I promise you, you will be great. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Toy. We'll be back next week. We have a guest next week. We are killing it in the month of March. This is season eight. This is episode number two. Go back and listen to the bonus episode where Katz is here in Philadelphia. You have this last weekend to see it. Make sure you go and kill it. This, this, and this Katz is amazing. I'm taking my daughter and I can't wait. So enjoy your weekend. Please drink responsibly for all you St. Patrick's drinkers. And we'll be back next week with more Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me and I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.